In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me begin by saying thanks to all of you for your good prayers. In recent times, I've had two back surgeries, and I'm still recovering from one, as you can tell. And this coming week, I have to look forward to some eye surgery. And uh, your prayers are asked for and uh, certainly appreciated. And I welcome the opportunity each week to pray for you, particularly those of you who are struggling with sicknesses, illnesses, death, or whatever it may be. So it's a good place to be here at church, to share prayers and, and be concerned about one another. Let me begin my sermon by telling you about what I did a couple of weeks ago. Our family rented a house on the uh, coast of North Carolina. And uh, it was a, quite an experience. Perhaps some of you have had that experience. It was a three-story house. It had an elevator in it, fortunately for me, and so I used that quite frequently. Our cooking facilities were on the top floor, bedding on the second, and down on the lower level, a little more bedding, and a good pool table, and a pool outside. And then about 40 yards over to the beach. What a wonderful, wonderful time we had. It was all arranged, structured. The kids had really done a job putting it together. And so we did all sorts of things, played games, uh, played pool, of course, swam. And we read books prior to coming there and read them there as well. Dogs in Heaven. Have you read it? Pigs in Heaven, rather. Yes, I don't know why dogs get in my mind, but, but pigs in heaven. And uh, the other one was uh, Heaven is for Real. And the third one is one that was a little more disturbing, Room. I don't know whether any of you have had a chance to read that one. That is quite a book. But all of that stimulated a lot of discussion and sharing and insights into my kids and family that I never heard of before or thought of before. One of the other things, though, that came from this uh, adventure was uh, some theological study, homiletical study of all things. Our family, 20 of us that were there gathered, had an unusual makeup. I, of course, as you know, am a pastor. My son is a pastor. He's a pastor in Willoughby at the Lutheran Church. I have a son-in-law who's a minister as well, and he uh, holds forth down near Findlay. And uh, then we have two grandsons who are studying for the ministry at this time, at least considering it, and in studies at Ashland uh, Seminary. So here we have five theologians, let's call us, to be very generous. And so the patriarch of the family thought it would be a good idea in preparation for this sermon today and next week, for them as well, I found out they're all preaching today and next week in some combination. And so I said, I think I've got an idea. Why don't we take the texts? I had copied them off of my computer 
and had the texts, and I said, now here they are. Why don't you study them and come up with a rather succinct statement of what these texts are all about? And so the five of them, four of them at least, trotted off and worked on it. The other one took it home with him and then emailed me some notes as well. So I have here with me, I'm talking about a long sermon this morning because I thought I'd read all of these notes that these fellows had. What happened was we took the notes and Pam and I tried to decipher them and then typed them up and sent it to all of them so they all have this reservoir of materials to work with. I will give you a summary. This is now based, this one, on the text for today. Peter walking on the water, Jesus there, the storm coming up and all of that. Here's what my son David said. Our fears often hold us back, but we have the gift of faith in Christ. We can do amazing things beyond what we ever thought we would be able to do or accomplish. The fears may be always there, but we can get through them. That was his summary of that text. I had a summary from one of my grandsons. They're twins, by the way, Tim and Eric. This is Tim's. He says, we need to trust that Jesus overcomes the storms of life, just as he walked on water, but also defeated the cross and grave. Well, that's quite a statement. Good. From Eric, the other twin, Jesus Christ is Lord over all creation. Like Peter, we all fall into trusting in ourselves and flesh, but the key to living for Christ is by faith in him. Very good, Eric. Very nice. I'm going to send them marks, of course, on these. <laughs> and then my son-in-law, who's more verbose and went on for a couple of paragraphs here, but I picked out a strong statement he made. Prayer enables Jesus to sit, calmly say, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And then the best of all is mine, of course. <laughs> I'm used to writing central thoughts about uh, texts like this, and so I had an advantage in that way. I'm not saying this is the best, but I thought it was pretty good. When we're having a difficult time coping with life's storms, then take heart, have faith. The Son of God is in charge. So I've got a flying start with all of these wonderful commentaries on this text. And I think these are good words, really. They make clear who's in charge. And it, should, it is what it should be, these summaries. It goes to the heart of it. Jesus is the solution. We can talk about the sea and we can talk about all sorts of other things related to these texts, but you've got to go to the heart of it, and the heart of it is that Jesus is in charge. He walks on the water, and when Peter wants to walk on the water and falls, Jesus rescues him. Jesus is, as they summarize, the Son of God, and he's in charge, forgiving our sins, raising us up to new life, and seeing us through life and all of its difficulties. One of the days involved was uh, I had devotions in the morning. 
and I drew on some materials that I had gotten off of my computer. Every day I get a computer note from one of the seminaries, uh, a Lutheran seminary that I did not attend but offers these kinds of devotions. And it was an interesting one and dealt with the seashore. So here we were at the seashore and I thought, this is perfect. And the text coming up, the one we had studied was about the sea and lake and waters. And so I shared that with them this little devotion. It seems there's a fellow who graduated from the seminary. He was an older fellow. He was up in his 40s. And... Uh, he completed his seminary work and ended up at a very nice parish in the Midwest somewhere. And the first thing, the first day he's there, sadly, he's told that there's a young man in the parish who's quite ill. And he should visit him and see him. Of course, he did immediately. And the young man said, I'm writing my service, in other words, the funeral service for myself. Well, this pastor took a deep breath and he listened to him, took notes, and made preparation for doing just that, making ready for this young man's funeral. A very difficult task for the first time round in the parish. What's striking, though, is the young man asked that this hymn be sung at the funeral. And it is a hymn we will sing this morning. It's for the offering and offertory hymn. You have come down to the lake shore. I'll read it to you and we'll sing it later. You have come down to the lake shore seeking neither the wise nor the wealthy, but only asking for me to follow. And then the refrain, sweet Lord, you looked into my eyes, kindly smiling. You've called out my name. On the sand, I've abandoned my small boat. Now with you, I will seek other seas. You know full well what I have, Lord, neither treasure nor weapons for conquest. Just these my fishnets will for working. You need my hands, my exhaustion, working love for the rest of the weary, a love that's willing to go on loving. You who have fished other waters, you the longing of souls that are yearning. Oh, loving friend, you have come to call me. And then the chorus, sweet Lord, you looked into my eyes, kindly smiling, You've called out my name. On the sand, I've abandoned my small boat. Now with you, I will seek other seas. It's a touching choice of a hymn, because he's obviously not talking about just simply responding to, Je to Jesus, as he probably did, and as we're asked to do, to follow him, work for him, come follow me, but he has used it in the context of the life to come. It has come time when he must abandon his little boat that he's sailing about in this world, in this life, leave it behind, and be called to other seas. A very, very 
appropriate choice for a hymn. I'm suggesting it for my own funeral service. Leave that boat behind and sail off to be with Jesus. I'm happy to say that all of the people who were gathered, my family, and all of these theologians, all came upon this text and this hymn, and we sang it together. It spoke to our hearts. We're going to follow Jesus. And whatever comes up, whatever risks or difficulties or whatever life has to offer, we will have him there to rescue us and lift us up. And when the end comes, we will sail on with Jesus, leaving our boat behind. I've added another little piece this morning to my sermon, and that is this painting below me here. You'll have to come up, some of you, later on and take a peek at it, maybe when you come to communion. I found it at the Bombay shop, just happened to come across it, and I liked it. And what it shows, and I'll describe it for you, those of you who can't see way in the back, it shows this expanse of sea, like down on the coast of North Carolina, in the Outer Bank. And all that's there is an abandoned boat. And you look at it and you say, what does this say to me? I think it says, I've sailed on, on the seas that God has in mind for me. I've left my boat behind. We close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, May we hear the call of Jesus to follow him. May we take the risk even to step out on the waters, tempestuous waters, knowing that he will buoy us up, see us through, rescue us, take us through the seas to our home port, to peace, happiness, and joy. May we trust in him who is the Son of God, Jesus the Christ. Amen.